Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, it's time for how to when we address the sorts of decisions we don't take every day. Today, it's how to have a home birth. Ali Murphy is a freelance community midwife. Afternoon, Ali. Good afternoon. Right. So, the first thing, I suppose, for a woman who wants to, is considering having a home birth, I assume there's a kind of a checklist that you have to go through first to see even if it's a good idea or not. That is exactly it. So when a woman decides that she would like to plan her to birth her baby at home, um, she would usually um, contact us. So we're there's about 19 of us working in the country now um, and we go through what we would call a risk assessment. So the women for the free HSE home birth service will find this online on the HSE website. And there's the criteria there that you would need to um, to be in to to be uh, eligible for the service. Mm, and what what are, what are those criteria? Well, that she's well, fit, healthy, um, person with uh, one baby on board, no underlying medical conditions, no diabetes, anything that would take her out of um, and bring her into more of a risk assessment. So um, BMI. Um, and, and general general health. Right, okay. And, and th- that process, do you apply to have a home birth? Is it a thing you have to be given permission for? Well, um, for the HSE Home Birth Service, there is the criteria. And when a woman um, is eligible for that, um, then... then so she doesn't have to apply, but she does have to try and find herself a midwife. And we're, we are um, a small enough tribe at the moment. We'd love more midwives to join us and come out into this world. But the, the issue for most women would be, will they get a midwife in right. time? Yeah, they have okay. to book us very early. Right. Yeah. And No, but you're a freelance. So that, so, so when you're, somebody hires you, are you hired by the HSE to go to somebody's home? Or so, are you yeah, kind of private? So we, I am a self-employed community midwife. That's my official title, SECM. Um, and uh, what we every year sign a, a memorandum of understanding with the HSE um, that we will work within their guidelines and that uh, then they pay our, our indemnity insurance. Right. OK. Mm-hmm. So, so, but as you say, there's a limited number of you and therefore it's a matter of can you get... That's really the, the the issue for most of the, the, the people trying to book home birth is like, um, and I'm not trying to put anybody off who maybe is in their third trimester now who once hears me talking and knowing that this is a, a, an absolute care pathway that they should be on um, to reach out to us. But there is only, um, there's very few of us working in the country. There's no home birth in Donegal and Limerick. There's the, the pause at the moment. Um, and so when women... Our, our, our families are planning to birth their babies at home the first thing they need to do is look us up um, they can find us on the HSE website most of us on our Instagram my Instagram is terrible but I'm there um, <laughs> but that's how you'll find us book, book early or have the conversations early yeah. for sure and is a uh uh, as you like, not that many geographic. As you said, there's none in Donegal, but it's, are there certain parts of the country where it's more difficult to get one because there's just fewer midwives? Of available? course, and that's the that is the the, the big issue that I have. Um, so every conversation I have with all of my clients is usually is that every woman deserves this care. Every woman deserves the care of a known midwife to them, the safe professional. Um, loving continuity of care in their in, during their pregnancy and during their birth and after their baby. Um, but what does upset me and is across the country, it's not geographical. So a woman who lives in, you know, the Midlands or, or in uh, Donegal or Limerick at the moment can't access the same care pathway as maybe women in, in Leinster. Yeah, but mm. the demand for this and the amount of home births yeah. is, is increasing 
dramatically. Yeah, well, we got this beautiful bit of COVID gold where uh, women living in <laughs> Ireland did their own research and they weren't waiting for uh, the medical world to tell them about the wonders of home birth and the importance of home birth. Um, and they did their own research. And we're dealing, you know, maybe with a cohort of women now who were a really big part of the, the repeal movement and also taking um, responsibility for their own bodily autonomy. And so they did the research and they found out the secret that there's a free HSE home birth service out there and we are ready and waiting for them um, to care for them and to plan their babies at home safely. OK, so ideal scenario, because you mentioned third trimester. Mm. If someone just got a, two lines on Clear the thing, should, they be, should yeah, you be applying you should for this? you probably nearly tell us before your partner. <laughs> News Talk can't stand over that statement in case anybody sends us a divorce bill uh, yeah. for, 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 for that one. So, OK, you can't do it early enough. Uh, and you cannot do it early enough. Do you know what I mean? So clear blue line, have the conversation. Um, if you're a person sitting there and you're pregnant and you, you, you are, I'm, I'm striking gold in your heart or there's a flutter of knowing that this is your care pathway, that you want to know your midwife, that you want to step into a professional relationship where where you are the centre of care, um, then you are going to look up your uh, HSE home birth midwives and start talking straight away and start booking your midwife. So if, say, you you do that very early on, Mm. you've you've secured a midwife, how often do you see the midwife during the the rest of the course of the pregnancy? I mean, are you going in for scans as normal and all those kinds of things? The women will... Generally book us, but then so when when a, when a person rings me and they're pregnant, I would say it depends on their gestation. But usually they will have a booking visit for bloods and scans in their local maternity hospital. That's about 12 weeks. And then they'll have an anomaly scan, which is what people call the big scan um, at about 20, 21 weeks. So um, for me, with my HSE clients, I would see them about 24 weeks. So that first visit is usually around then. That's where I come to their home and I spend about an hour and a half uh, going through the risk assessment forms um, and, and starting to step into that relationship. I mean, home birth is based on trust and relationship. When, when we start building on that during the pregnancy um, and a woman, when she's at her most vulnerable and she's birthing and the midwife that she knows come into her, comes into her home, that's where magic can happen mm. um, and birth happens. So to answer your question is we would ideally be booking or talking and putting women in our people in our diaries from about 10 weeks, 12 weeks, meeting them, anything between 16 weeks, but usually around 24 weeks. And we see them five times minimum during their pregnancy. And then we're there, obviously, for the birthday. And then we'd see them a minimum of five times afterwards. So we do all of this continuity of care and the breastfeeding rates are through the roof. But all of my clients and all of my colleagues' clients will say every woman deserves to know her midwife. Yeah, that's interesting, given Mm -hmm. this. Vast majority of women have birth in hospital. You, you meet your midwife on the day. Yeah. Uh, really not that they're not fantastic, of course. They but, are fabulous. Yeah. My colleagues in the hospital are wonderful. They're doing a wonderful job. But I always liken having a baby is like how you got the baby in is really how you should get the baby out. So if you were if I was to invite you to go and try and make love in, in one of the big supermarket chains on aisle three and I'd say, Go on in there now and see if you can have sex. Yes. <laughs> and and then they'll say, okay, I'll try. And they'll say, but do you think you could reach orgasm? And they'd be like, well, maybe not. And the, the, the male part of the company might say, well, I might. But the female part of the company will probably say, no way. And then I say, well, how about trying to do it with the cashier? So I liken that to trying to have a baby in a hospital is where you're walking in to a public place in your most vulnerable, naked needing to be cared for. And, and whilst my colleagues in the hospital are doing their best to do that, the, the, the environment is not the place to be trying to have okay. a baby. 
Yeah, notwithstanding all the distracting images you just put in my mind. There you go. Well, that's the truth. Imagine trying to have a baby. Imagine trying to be a woman and be your most naked, most vulnerable, most opening version of yourself and have strangers walking in and out of your room or having bright lights or people talking to you and uh, being in discomfort. Not so great. Uh, When you do the risk assessment, now, obviously, you mentioned already things like, you know, any medical conditions and and the person has to be healthy and all the rest of it. Are you also doing a risk assessment to some extent on where the birth is planned to take place? And is it appropriate? Absolutely. So so this is part of my role and our role is that, you know, okay. now I am a midwife who works pretty much in around Dublin City. So that's my uh, my remit. But we would be, you know, sometimes if we're in apartment blocks that have really narrow staircases or their lifts are very small or, you know, I care for women in homes in in Dublin 8 and 12, perhaps that's a big cohort of the women that I care for. They can be very small um, homes to navigate the way Mm. they were built. So we're looking at all of that all the time, making sure, I mean, luckily enough, or most of the time there's running water and electricity um, and that's what we're looking for. But it would be accessibility or if there was somebody living up um, a track up in, you know, West Wicklow or West Cork or something like that, they're things that... I personally, and I know my colleagues take seriously as to can we get access? Can we gain access mm. if we need access? Yeah. Mm. So, so if all things go smoothly, is it you know um, the actual physical preparation in the sense of equipment? Yeah. Uh, is that we're looking at thirty six, thirty seven weeks type? Scenario? So, uh, women are eligible to birth at home from a term pregnancy. So, term pregnancy is anything from thirty seven weeks to forty two weeks. So yeah. They have a forty two. Yeah. They have a five week window to birth at home. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, so it's then from that thirty-seven uh, weeks on, actually, yes. Um, can you get the drugs at home? Can you get gas and air? Can you get an well, epidural? Well, us midwives. So um, you're opening up lots of cans of worms here, Sean, <laughs> about uh, who's funding and HSE and how much we fund ourselves. We fund a lot of our own equipment um, as part of our own businesses, um, but I do we do carry gas and air. Um, but that's it. Like, so women who are planning to birth at home are usually very invested in a physiological birth mm, where the yeah. hormones and, and uh, are bringing them through the birth process. So uh, we, t- we do carry gas and air and women choose to use that. And, and other than that, they might use some hydrotherapy waters, um, hypnobirthing, TENS machines, mm. mobilisation. And when you're physiologically birthing uh, and as Mother Nature, Mother Nature, not Father Nature, um, said, is, is that... The, your endorphins are released, which are 80%, 80 times stronger than uh, morphine. Mm. So when, when you're when a woman is physiologically birthing, she will release her own endorphins. So yeah. that's uh, labour land. And in your experience, it almost never happens in a bed in that kind of traditional way. No, it doesn't. Way. Your, your uh, researcher asked me that yesterday. I think only once maybe I received a baby on a bed. So, so women will usually take um, positions... In, in wherever they've set up their kind of nesting space or the space to birth. But um, uh, so usually it would be on the floor. It could be in a bedroom, could be in a living room. Um, sometimes it's in a um, in the landing or something outside a bathroom, but generally, nev- generally never on a bed. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, um, I think, Hollywood and... Uh, Yes, we might have us. And, well, and I Obstetrics. suppose as well because it, many women will like to kind of move around a bit. So yeah, it's and it's easier. To, they need to be yeah. grounded, you know. So, so it's my experience and my personal experience and my 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 professional experience that women need to feel grounded. They need to be held. They need the, they need their feet on the ground, you mm. know. So, um, so a bed isn't generally the place yeah. that they birth. And, and now you mentioned uh, the, um, uh, using water or a pool mm. of some sort. Mm. Now, it, uh, is there a specific sort of pool that one gets, yeah. or or you know? Yeah. Like, so uh, most. Uh, 
uh, people if they're going to use hydrotherapy for their birth and they're they're getting a, uh, a pool that they will buy. It's like La Bassine or birth in a box, birth pool in a box. So they're very, they're like um, pools that you have in your garden, but they're higher. So so the woman's body needs to be submerged right up to over her abdomen and her hips and stuff. So they have to be deeper um, and um, they're usually about three or four foot in diameter, but they're, they're, they're deeper so that you can put a, an amount of volume of water in them to hold the mother. Right, okay. And and there, there's something you can structure. I have a vision of a poor partner with a bicycle pump, you know, yeah, at 38 no. weeks, giving themselves a stroke, trying to get the right, thing up. So, um, <laughs> there's electric pumps now. Ah, are so, there? Yeah, yeah oh, there are. Gosh, so so usually word. they just blow up really quickly. So the pool will go up really quickly. But so these are part of the risk assessment, not the risk assessment, but the planning of birth is that I'll talk, how long does it take to fill your pool? Do you know? So mm. if you have maybe once again, a house that maybe hasn't been um, brought, you know, converted so that they have old tank of water and it's going to take three or four hours to fill a pool. That's fine. Maybe if it's it's a first baby, but on usually on a second or third baby, we don't have time to fill pools because the babies come beforehand. But if a pool can be filled within an hour, that's wonderful. But sometimes it's going to take three hours. I have, you know, lifted pots of water over to pools and stuff like that and yeah. spend time filling pools. So they will be parts of the conversations we'll be having in preparation for your birth. So there's loads of time spent with our clients talking, preparing for birth, what that might look like. You know, our visits are usually about an hour long where um, the the woman and her partner are, 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 you know, they feel really safe and really well prepared for their birth. And then they know that when they're birthing, that we're the midwives that they know that are coming through their front door to them in, in, mm-hmm. in safety and our professionalism and in uh, in love to hold their space and to take care of them. And so apart from, I mean, they may or may not choose to have a, a hydrobirth, but is is there other equipment that has to be in situ there? No, very little. Yeah. So people, I would say, like, don't buy anything. So if there is a pool, I would say buy two shower curtains, one front of the pool, one front on your couch for for when you come out of the water and uh, when you've received your baby and, and we're, we're, we're taking care of you afterwards. Other than that, I usually say, you know, the classic four towels, four big towels, four small towels. And that's it. There's nothing else needed. I usually encourage my clients to buy a straw so they can drink from a glass of water rather than trying to tip a water beaker. Like there's small little nuancey things that, mm. that would mm. be very specific to and um, that we would use um, uh, for the birth space and things like they might buy choose to buy a TENS machine, which is the little pads that go on their back to help with uh, discomfort in the back. But there is nothing needed for home birth. Mm. Um, say, say, if, if somebody buys a TENS machine mm. and then they, they're not planning to have any other children, can you resell a TENS yeah, machine? Yeah, you can. You can resell cost. a TENS yeah. machine. Just the, the person would just, the, the new person would just need to buy new pads first. And you can buy yeah. the pads uh, in, in one of your pharmacies. Yeah. Um, uh, Kathy says, I organised a home birth with my third child after her older brother arrived in a hurry. I woke up at 6am with a few mild contractions an hour and 25 minutes later I was holding him in my arms in our sitting room my husband caught the baby uh, she says uh, Matt who's a man uh, he keeps saying he's a man says man's opinion alert is it safer for all women to give birth via the same way in a hospital better access to emergency services and support for midwives with their peers home birth feels a little selfish to me says Matt okay Matt um I hear you and that's what most people would say Matt but imagine um if you can think about having a professional midwife tend to you who is clinically risk assessing all the time who knows you knows what your blood pressure is who knows what your baby's heart rate is who is prepared and fully skilled and trained there's always two midwives at actually every birth so when we know a baby is coming we'll call one of our colleagues to be there with us we're uh, fully trained um we do our um professional development uh each year 
and we carry our equipment. Um, and so when a woman is birthing, um, she we know and and is that when she knows her care provider um, physiologically, she will she will birth. Yes, people will talk safety, but by having a professional midwife who's known to you in your own home for a well fit, healthy woman with one baby on board. Um, the studies are there, Matt. You should read them. Yeah. Well, Matt's obviously had sex in a supermarket uh, many yeah. times, so uh, this, uh, this, this doesn't faze <laughs> so him at Matt, all. What about your woman? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm 36 weeks pregnant, living in the Midlands. I never knew about the HSE home birth option. I would have loved this. Uh, it would have gone hand in hand with the, with, with the hypnobirthing. Is it too late for that person probably now? Well, 36 weeks, I would uh, urge you to look up the HSE website and look up my colleagues who are working in that area. Um, there's uh, there's a few of them. Uh, 36 weeks, usually, I think during COVID, we there was kind of a 35-week window cut off, but it's definitely a conversation worth having. You should definitely have that conversation with the midwife and see if she can facilitate you. Yeah, now the... the, the, the question of distance obviously you need to get to them within a relative uh, um, time period Uh, but also there was this kind of controversy around the HSE saying you can't do it at home if you're outside half an hour away Uh, for many parts of the country I don't know if that's even practical well it's really not and so for me personally I have a 40 45 minute window of distance to my clients that's just um, maybe a luxury of me as a a double midwife now it could take me 45 minutes to get from here to Dunleary sometimes but um, but the distance is a a thing but the studies will will tell us and and we know from my colleagues working let's say in West Cork and Kerry that distance has never been an issue with any of their care and that's why we we would, number one, have emergency services on standby. Always, they're always aware that we're attending a home birth. Um, and secondly, is that we might make decisions earlier if we knew that we were, you know, let's say, you know, an hour and a half away from the, the local maternity hospital, that if we felt that the birth wasn't, you know, going um, as it should, that that would be it. But distance, you know, the studies are there. We've also got to look at the Canadian studies and the studies from New Zealand. Like we cannot be limiting women's choice to distance. And also when we look at what's happening in our housing crisis in this country, why is it okay for, well, it's not okay that women have to and families have to move further and further and further away from the city to be able to have homes. And then why should they be penalised about how they bring their babies into the world? Um, because uh, the, the the housing crisis has forced them further mm. away from the hospital. Uh, so. d- one final question about uh, emergency C-sections. Um, does that come up or would you know in advance that one might be needed? Well, we wouldn't know. Well, we wouldn't know hugely in advance, but like what we're doing is risk assessing during the pregnancy. We know from our statistics and looking back that we do not have, so they would be called category one cesarean sections where there's an emergency, is that the women that we have transferred in, we have a very, very low, if if not any category one sections from our statistics. So there yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah. It's, it just Safety hasn't stands. happened. It just yeah. hasn't happened. You know, we, it hasn't happened, uh, Category 1 cesarean sections on a transfer in from a home birth anywhere in the country. So, Ali, thanks a million for coming so to talk to us today. Uh, that's uh, Ali Murphy there, uh, self-employed community midwife. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.